Welcome back to Inside Games, the only gaming news channel brave enough to tell you that Sony is ripping you off. Ooh, yeah, and this has nothing to do with Game Pass. Or even the DualSense Edge, which is a really cool name, but holy shit, only God knows how much that little nugget's gonna set us back. $100, Lawrence. <laughs> ah, that's so much. That's gonna be a lot, of, a lot of money. A lot of money. Mm. PlayStation players don't have a lot of walking around money either because they gotta buy that DualSense Edge. Uh, according to a new lawsuit filed on August 19th with the Competition Appeal Tribunal in the United Kingdom, since reported on by UK outlets Sky News and the BBC. As reported by news outlets, the lawsuit's claims are somewhat vague. I read these stories and it didn't really make sense to me, but we'll get to the good stuff in a second. So, class representative Alex Neal brings the collective action claim against Sony, claiming that the company has, quote, ripped people off by, oh, excuse me, how do you say that in British? Uh, nipped people's stickers! <laughs> by overcharging for products and collecting a 30% commission on all digital sales. Uh, luckily, Neal has an eye for publicity and also launched PlayStationUOS.com. CO.UK, a website that goes into far more detail about the filing. The core of it is nearly identical to a similar class action suit filed in the United States back in May of 2021, and we reported on that. Yeah, it was one of our first stories, which yeah, it was random and disconnected thought. We're coming up on our 100th news episode. Whoa, really? Oh this, my gosh. This actually might be it. I counted the scripts a while back, and Woo! we were within four then, and I don't know how many we've done. <laughs> anyway, happy maybe 100. Ah, okay. Here's the idea behind both lawsuits, really. Sony stopped selling digital game codes to retailers back in 2019, meaning the only place you could actually buy digital games for the PlayStation was directly from Sony themselves. Since then, Sony has manipulated digital game prices higher than their physical counterparts since they've effectively established a digital monopoly on their own platform. Mm, matters get even worse when you consider that they're also selling a digital-only PlayStation 5. Consumers that buy that console have no choice but to buy games at PlayStation's inflated rates, leading to the current class action claim on behalf of anyone that has made a digital purchase from PlayStation dating back to August of 2016. The U.S. filing of this lawsuit even went so far as to provide a sampling of game prices, comparing physical games from retailers like Walmart and GameStop to PlayStation's digital prices. At the time in 2021, the lawsuit found that digital games were on average 74% more expensive than their physical counterparts. Oh my God. Yeah, and remember, Sony gets 30% of all those purchases, so it's directly in their favor to keep those digital prices high. Similar data isn't provided for the UK market in this current filing. So we actually did a little comparison of our own. Our sample size only includes one retailer and a random handful of games, but even this small amount of data supports a similar conclusion in the UK region as we saw a year ago in the US one. At best, new releases hold the same price across digital and physical, but at worst, other games see markups of 10, 30, or even 60%. And they're not that old either. A lot of these games are under six months old, so. Oh yeah, yeah. Well yeah, if you buy digital games from PlayStation, odds are pretty good you're getting ripped off or you're overpaying for the same thing. Now on to the next question. This one's a little more complicated. Should the government be doing anything about it? Or is this a case where game buyers just gotta get a little savvy and shop around a little more? And again, all that's in the context of not having a digital-only PS5, in which case you're kinda sunk. Yeah, you're super screwed if you've got that console and nothing else. Uh, and not to mention the PS5s are really hard to get a hold of, so if you're lucky if you get a digital-only PS5 or a disc one, it's like, you don't have a choice. You just gotta get one. <laughs> yeah. The closest precedent we have here is that aforementioned class action suit that was filed in the United States a year ago. Unfortunately, the results are not very dramatic as a California federal judge granted Sony's motion to dismiss the complaint, 
on July 15, 2022. The judge reportedly said that the plaintiffs in this lawsuit didn't fully explain how Sony profited from blocking retailers selling digital game codes, leaving the door open for them to amend their complaint. That kind of signals that there might be some smoke here, but the judge basically doesn't understand, which is tough because from our perspective, it's hard to see how that could have been explained any more clearly. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. But, you know, we're gamers, so we get it. Uh, <laughs> it could just be too far in the weeds for the given judge in question to really understand. And from a high level view, we got to admit, it's, it's kind of hard to understand why there is a monopoly there when physical games are still sold in stores, not to mention there are competing consoles like Xbox that don't participate in that practice and have 99% the same library. Yeah, valid point. Uh, then again, it does stand to reason that courts in the United States are far more laissez-faire about consumer protection. Of course, they, we, we just are generally here. Yeah, um, yeah we really are. Uh, it's usually buyer beware. Courts in Europe may have a more consumer sympathetic outlook. We'll see. Virtual legality host Richard Hogue provided legal analysis about the current lawsuit, the one in the UK, to Eurogamer, acknowledging that this case is going to be pretty tough to argue. According to Hogue, every purchase made was done voluntarily and for the price offered, and those prices weren't wildly divergent from other industry prices at the time. Furthermore, Sony's 30% cut is also industry standard, or at least it used to be, and there's really no concrete evidence indicating that Sony's margin, their 30%, is what causes the digital price increases, even though they do benefit from it. Makes a lot of sense there, that uh, the legal analysis from Richard Hogue. I, unfortunately, uh, I wish that they had seen the other side of this that we'll, we'll get to in a second. Yeah. Uh, still, uh, Hogue acknowledges that digital pricing is a topic that's gotten more traction from legislators in Europe than in other regions. So maybe this legal filing will kick up a little more dust than it did before. It's always, even if it makes the headlines like it is now, it just increases awareness and makes it more likely that another filing down the road We'll make it through the process where these might get thrown out because judges don't quite understand what's going on. Uh, it just about covers all the news and analysis. It's time for the fun stuff. Is Sony in the wrong here? And furthermore, does that mean it's up to the government to step in? A lot of the time, sometimes they seem like they're the same question, but they're really not. Hmm. Uh, ideally, the proper solution here is consumer education since competition does still technically exist. So here it is, consumer. Don't buy a digital PS5. That's number one. And if you already did, whoops, I guess try to sell it. And also, too, always compare game prices, if you're buying digitally, to their physical counterparts, and especially if you're on the PlayStation platform, might save you some money. Uh, that's great advice from Lawrence. Uh, that's what I was talking about with buyer beware. Unfortunately, that is sort of where we're at. And I know that's not usually the right answer for a lot of people. A lot of people are like, we don't want to have to beware. And I'm like, I hear you. I do. I, I get it. I understand. But we're in that situation. So... Let's, let's extend into a hypothetical situation. Let's say you've got a PlayStation 5, you want to buy a game. You look it up, and it's $20 cheaper in a local physical store, but you got to get off your ass to go get it or, you know, wait a day for shipping, whatever. Or you can pay the markup, start downloading it now. I guess the question to you here is, what's that convenience worth to you? Yeah, it's it sucks because we, as a consumer, we think about, well, it costs them less to get it to us. Therefore, mm -hmm. it should be cheaper for us. But it's really more like a kind of a Ticketmaster reverse fuck you situation. <laughs> it's more convenient for us so they can charge more for the experience right. because we prefer it, which means we're willing to pay for it. <sighs> so, yeah, that seems to be where PlayStation is now or at the very least. Everyone seems to kind of ignore this issue because I think people are saying it without saying it. I think they're saying they prefer the convenience even for the higher price. I'll tell you a little story about a bill that I pay every month and I've been paying for years. Yeah. Uh, 
they only allow you to either pay it by check, you have to mail them a check, or you can pay online and they charge you $5 to pay online. And I say, fuck you every month to this bill. And I, I get fucking stamps and I slap them on an envelope and I say, here's my fucking check. You're not getting my $5. And I've been doing this for years. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but this is truly what this is. I'm losing money on my time, but do I think that it is worth it? <laughs> like as a moral, <laughs> as my moral high ground for this bill, right? Do I think it's worth it? And I do still. As long as it's worth it to you and you get a charge out of putting that, that letter in the <laughs> yeah, mailbox yeah. every month. <laughs> now, God forbid that check gets lost along the way and then they shut your shit off. Oh, that's happened. I had to call them and I had to be like, I sent that check. And they're like, oh, well, we, you know, we don't have a, we, we only robots sort those. And I was like, that's bullshit. I was like, I said that to him. I was like, you're lying. Everyone, someone touches that check. I was like, where is it? And I had to send him another check. It's those of us who are the rightest that have to sacrifice the most, Bruce. <laughs> and you're the, you're the rightest here. That's for no, sure. No, no. I, I don't think I'm right at all. It's just, this is just more of what I want to do. And that's just the way I carry myself in this. I'm, I'm such a fat sucker for corporations. All they have to do is like put, they put one window in the way of something I want. And there's, then they say, pay 20 bucks to make this window go away forever. I'll just like, Ah, fine. Get out of here, window. I absolutely refuse. When the, when people start putting things in my way on purpose to make money, I get pissed. And then I start going, absolutely not. I'm going to work around this. So that's the way I work. Good for you. <laughs> All right. Anyways, getting back to the, the news story. There's also the fact, philosophically, PlayStation software is getting less exclusive. Uh, PlayStation 5, more like PlayStation 5 games. Am I right? Woo! Yeah, let's go. <laughs> we got it. Burned them up. PS have no game. <laughs> uh, it's a timeless meme. But to extend that out, more games than ever before are available across platforms just in general. And especially with Sony expanding so wholeheartedly into the PC ecosystem. They even launched this whole informative website dedicated purely to explaining their footprint on PC. The website mentions multiple PC retailers multiple times. It's always, it's all over the place. Some of which, like Steam, even have full gray marketplaces dedicated to laundering sketchy digital game codes for mega cheap. Yeah, that's right. So while Sony's clearly benefiting from inflated digital prices through their own store, it seems clear to us that they aren't really trying to recreate those conditions anywhere else they publish their games. Uh, rather than buying a PlayStation and paying a markup for Spider-Man, you could buy a Steam Deck and then smuggle a game code through the Turkish Lira for more than half off. Not that we're suggesting you do that. No, but you could. I yeah, mean, you it's could. There. It's it's yeah. it's commonly acknowledged to be one of the secret uh, benefits of the PC ecosystem is that games are just mega cheap there. And I yeah. think that still holds true. So, yeah, the fact that Sony is pursuing that platform so bullishly and on other stores and not just their own, not yet anyway. I don't know. It just says that they're not as neurotically dedicated to price fixing and getting their 30% cut as they're... PlayStation Store manipulation would indicate. But that said, we're also not suggesting that playing Spider-Man day one on a PS4 Pro is equivalent to playing it three years later on a Steam Deck. Obvious difference is there, just that right now, Sony is currently working on offering more choices and competition for their own software rather than less, which is a good thing and kind of the opposite of what they did back in 2019. Yeah, you know what that sounds like to me, Lawrence? It sounds like there are two uh, business units in Sony, one that's operating the digital store uh, on the PlayStation Store, and then one that's operating the PC game ports. And I would imagine the PC game port dude is like the cool dude with like the pop collar, and he's like, do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, whatever, who cares? And then there are the nerds in the PlayStation Store they're like, absolutely not. We need to make as many dimes, nickels, and pennies as we can. Yeah, and, and I, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, 
because I was wondering about that too. There's almost two different philosophies here. And Sony's rollout on PC has been very PC-centric and that yeah. the ports are good, they're supported well, and they're on every store. Uh, whereas on PlayStation, it's very locked down. They, they only got barely convinced to do crossplay and only in specific circumstances with Fortnite. So it does seem almost like it's two different philosophies. I kind of hoped that PlayStation knows the vibe of the PC platform and they adapted their rollout to match that. Yeah. I'm giving them a lot of credit to say that because it's not often that game executives are adaptable. That they can like do well in one ecosystem and then do equally well in another. Sure. But that seems to be the case so far. Or it is two different departments and somebody's actually listening to the cool PC dude who rolls in in board shorts and tells everyone to chill out. Uh, <laughs> my hope is that they're just cool with the take. Like, it's all bonus money, right? They already got the software. Farming out the ports to third parties isn't that hard, and it seems like Sony has a really good and reliable stable of port houses. So it's just bonus cash, and hopefully everyone's cool with that. Uh, the situation may change when Sony launches their own store, though, because then mm. they have their own store, they have all the margins, and they get to set the price. So I think that's when we'll start to see very windowed releases, when you're on the PS Store at a marked up price, and then it goes on to Steam and you can buy it through the Turkish Lira for less than the cost of a sandwich. But what do you think? Should Sony be forced to sell digital codes through a physical store? Legally? Yeah. Good question. I personally think yes. Um, I It's one of those things where I don't necessarily think this is a monopoly as defined by that word. But Sony has been exploiting people and raising prices on these video games where they can, they're basically forcing the people that can only buy them digitally right there. And they, that's it. They're doing what a monopoly sh uh, shouldn't do. Again, I get it. There's competition elsewhere. But if you want The Last of Us 2 and you've only got the digital only console, you've only got one option. You can't buy Last of Us 2 on an Xbox. So it's just, you're just kind of screwed. So I don't like seeing companies nickel and dime anybody. Uh, and I, it is so clear to me that they are exploiting their consumers in this particular avenue. So I'm glad that more people are uh, taking notice and, and suing and, and, you know, bringing up legal cases for it. Yeah, that's my head keeps going back to how unreasonable it is to expect somebody buying a digital only PS5 to understand the implications of that purchase years down the road. Because, yeah. yeah, they're basically consigning themselves to overpaying by overpaying games by 20, 30, 40 percent and having no alternative. And right. there's really like that's such a nuanced thing that you can't really expect the average consumer to know that. So that's where it's unfair, I think. And it's not like that's something you can even Google either that would even occur to you to Google to research. Right. So I think there is an aspect here that is a little unfair to the to the video game buyer. Uh, I'm not sure that legal action is the way to go about fixing that, though. Ooh, interesting. Just from a purely consumer standpoint, though, it is great to buy digital codes through third-party retailers. That's the best. And it makes gifting games trivial. You just buy That's a right. thing, copy and paste a code, and happy, like, happy holidays. That's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's just, there's a lot more hoops to jump through on PSN, and it's not so, it's not so great. Lawrence, you've written a Jokerized Lawrence take, and I, I like this take. Nobody will like it in the audience, but I want to hear what you have to say about it. Yeah, so kind of alluding to some of the logic earlier about how if something is cheaper to get to you, you would expect that price savings to be passed on to you. Like the cost of the good would be reduced. Uh, and we never saw that in games, theoretically, right? They hit 60 and then video games shifted from physical to digital. Publishers got way more cuts of that pie. GameStop went out of business. And, uh, and the consumer somehow didn't see any benefit of that, except Except the Jokerized part is we actually kind of did. Uh, 
The fact that games didn't increase in price over the last 20 years was the savings. And that's what really sucks, is that it was it there all along, we just didn't really it appreciate it. And I know yeah. it doesn't feel like it either. So, I, I was just kind of reflecting on that, how we actually are the silent beneficiaries of the increased margins that publishers get. But we normally, we basically see that by game prices not increasing for so long, and the fact that a, a whole tier of games that weren't really profitable 10 years ago are profitable now. Yep. We got to see a lot of cool indie games and uh, in-game AAA games stayed 60 bucks. Uh, the worst part of Lawrence's Jokerized take is that it's fact. It's not even an opinion. It's just fact. Like, uh, inflation has raised everything except for games. And uh, games have still stayed at kind of the current price. So it sucks. I know it sucks, but it is there. So, hey, here's some patrons that always shop around. Eddie the Dog, Orala, Tito007, and Nathaniel Jameson. Way to go on uh, buying that physical copy. Well, Bruce, I have I have some news for you. My patrons are impulsive as hell, and they just buy the first oh. thing they see. <laughs> but they like it, so it's fine. Colin Cochran, <laughs> Dylan Hiley, Brown Sugar, and Jonathan Lenowski. Guys, you guys are impulsive, but you live life to its fullest, and I appreciate that. 